Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Before we moved into the warehouse and expanded to multiple campus locations, Rolling Hills met in a movie theater. And now we're visiting the movies once again in our series, At The Movies. Whether it be a hero's journey, a villain's downfall, or a fairy tale ending, everyone loves a movie with a good story. But every good story borrows from God's story. In this series, we're looking at five different movies to see how we can find faith stories in film. Now let's tune in. All right, turn off your phones and uh, silence those. Um, trying to think of all the other things you shouldn't do in the movie theater. Uh, just the, I just remember that one. Um, I don't do it, but I remember that that's the one that I'm supposed to do. If you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and open up to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, uh, that, that'll be one of our texts for this morning. Uh, and, and you hold your finger there for just a second. I, I, I did, I had plans to come out dressed as Iron Man today. Uh, and uh, so this is my Tony Stark outfit rather than my Iron Man outfit. Uh, that wasn't funny. So, um, uh, but we, you are, as you already heard, we, we are starting a series called At The Movies. And there's a couple of reasons why we're doing this series. You know, it, as Ethan said a second ago, as you heard uh, Ethan, who did our welcome for us this morning. This is the first time Ethan's done that. He did a great job wherever he is. He rocked it. He crushed that. Um, and so, um, you know, we, the movies are fun. We love the movies. But really, the, first, the, re, the big reason why we're doing this and what he, what he said is that, you know, 20 years ago, we started in a clubhouse but quickly moved and, and really began to get a lot of traction, began to gain a lot of traction when we were in a movie theater. And so I, there's a handful of folks that are even here as a part of Rolling Hills Columbia that were, that were a part of that uh, group of people that started Rolling Hills or, or kind of hit that five years of, of setting up and tear down in 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 the theater there in Cool Springs. And so uh, every once in a while when I think that we have it hard setting up and tearing down every week here, I'm like, five years, that is a long time. And uh, by the Lord's grace, that will not be um, where we land. But, but also in the talks, we, we thought about doing a five-week series like in, back in the theaters, like going back to the theaters. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. That's not real, but uh, this is where we landed. Uh, second reason that we want to do this is, is kind of even what, uh, what Ethan said, that they're kind of going back to when we talk about these stories and, and these films aren't picked at random. What we see in these, uh, and, and especially at the beginning of this 20-year celebration, is kind of recalibrating ourselves to our mission and vision. Saying, hey, what is the purposes of the church? What are the foundational principles that the church operates on? Not us, just us, the church, but the Big C Church. What is the church? And we talk about evangelism and discipleship and community and worship and ministry. And so these five, as we pull through, work through these five films over the next several weeks, what we're going to pull is the big picture themes that you see in those films that really kind of point to these five purposes of the church. So we, we do love the movies. I do. I love cinematography and, and great stories. I mean, all of those things are, are awesome. But we, we're not just deciding it would be really cool and hip to do something with the movie. Right. Really what we want to do is talk about God's word and, and open up God's word. And, the, and, and that's really the third thing that we, um, the reason why we've decided to go down this road over the next five weeks of this at the movie series. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says this. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity on the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. 
And movies that we watch often mimic, intentionally or not, mimic these biblical narratives and themes. And I'm not talking about Christian movies. I'm talking about just movies in general. They borrow these biblical narratives and themes. If you're paying attention, you can see them in a lot of the films that we love and all of the films that we watch that we're going to look at over the next several weeks. You can see these themes that they borrow from Scripture, whether the authors or the screenwriters or the directors meant to or not. Because all great story ultimately comes back to God's story. And God put on on our hearts eternity, what it says in Ecclesiastes, he put on our hearts eternity. And so built into us is this desire to know eternity, to know God and all of his greatness and grandeur and all of his glory and majesty. And, And that there's something more that we know is out there, whether we recognize it as God or just something else that we know is out there that satisfies this longing and this in our hearts. Because God put eternity in our hearts. And we can't escape from it. Romans chapter 1 says this, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And so we love the movies. If you're following along in your, in your worship God, we love the movies because we love great stories that tap into that longing for something for more. And you go back to that passage in Romans that, that all of creation, right, that God is the creator of all things and all of his creation reflects his glory, whether we mean to or not, because we all, all creation is made in his image and all of, cre- all of, all of us as, as humans are made in his image, but outside of humanity, everything that is created reflects his glory. And so even in making movies, even in making, in, in making films and writing books, the authors and the writers and the actors, they can't help in some ways to reflect God's glory. And so when we see these things, it's not an accident that they happen. What we see in that is a truth, a a reality that we go back to Scripture and say, God, there's the imagery, the biblical imagery, the spiritual narratives, the biblical themes in these stories that are happening. They reflect this eternal search for all of humanity, this eternal search for truth. And I know as you're thinking, you're like, T, I've seen some movies that don't, uh, they don't reflect God at all. And you're running through that list, and I'm like, why'd you see him? Um, I'm like, Trump. I just trumped that. Uh, but, the, but the reality, like, there, I know, I know that there are movies that, that are, and TV shows that are on all the time that champion ideas and causes and lifestyles that are completely contrary to Scripture. But even in that, what we recognize is that, that all of creation has been marred and broken by sin. And even in those places, they're again affirming this desire, this eternal, internal human search for truth, even though they're looking for those things in places that are never going to satisfy them. That desire for something that will satisfy, something that's deeper, something that's steadfast. And the Bible teaches us that God has written a grand story from the beginning to the end. And, and we're a part of that story that he's writing in, the, in, in, in this, this grand narrative that we're a part of. And there's a difference in the narratives and the, and the stories that we see on the movie screen and then the TV shows and, and, and books that we read. And, and the one side is, is that uh, for, for, the, for the shows that we watch, they, they expose a longing that we have inside of our hearts. But what God's story, what his great narrative tells us is that there's life. 
that there's a longing, that these expose that there's a longing for something more. But God's story in his word tells us that there's life in him, that that longing is satisfied in him, that, that the stories that we watch in the movies and all those things, that they, they're fun, they're momentary happiness. They, they bring us a moment of, of happiness and escape from reality. But Jesus, God's story is, is fulfillment. That he fulfills those longings. He fulfills that, that, that he gives joy rather than momentary happiness. There's fulfillment. That these stories that we read and watch on movie theater and movie theaters and TV shows that we watch, they're entertaining for the moment that we watch them. But God's story is about intimacy, about bringing us into relationship with him. And as we work through all of the stories that we'll look at over the next several weeks, and I'd encourage you if you have some time and uh, over the next several weeks, you, we'll, next week we're going to work through Star Wars. And that, you're, I, I don't, you're not going to watch all of them between now and then. If you did, I'd be like, what else did you not do? So, uh, but, but, you know, like maybe go back to one of your favorites or whatever. And if that's the one with Jar Jar Binks in it, then that's a problem. And, but over the next several weeks, if you just have some time and, and as a family feel like you're comfortable with watching these, some of these shows uh, together and just in getting ready for these, I, like as I'm saying that, I'm like, what am I asking uh, Indiana Jones? Like there's some pretty dark moments in that. So I, I don't know what you want to do with your family. Uh, forget I said it. That was, uh, for, never mind. We'll keep going. <laughs> But this morning we are talking about Avengers Endgame. And uh, I, I, before we jump into, uh, we've got a clip that we're going to watch just for a second. But before we jump into that, I just want to pause and, and just ask the Lord to bless our time this morning uh, before we jump into this particular topic and, and the subject for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the grand story that you are writing. And the fact that your story does teach us life. It tells us that there's life in you, that there's fulfillment in you, that there is eternal, happy, eternal joy and peace in you. That it's not just about entertainment for a moment. There's intimacy with you that you're inviting us into in the incredible story that you've told. God, I pray that this, this week and the next several weeks as we do gather, that we would be reminded that you have written the most incredible story and you've invited us to be a part of it. And I thank you for the small timeline in all of eternity that I get to be a part of it. And I pray that you would be glorified in the time that we share together here this morning and the next several weeks uh, as we celebrate you uh, above, above all. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you watch this quick clip of Avengers Endgame and then we'll jump right into some of the, the things that I think this story teaches us. I do have to admit, it's been like since my student ministry days that I've like watched a movie clip and then came up. So I like, this is a little weird. It just in, in some ways, I'm like, they're adults. You can't like go and kick things over when you walk up there, excitement. But you know, when you think about the, in this, this movie, it, it came out in 2019. And it was, it was kind of the culmination of 11 years of these Marvel movies. Now there's some of you that are in here that are like really into Marvel and like you're gonna be like, ah, point of reference. And be like, okay, cool. Listen, I don't know all the things, so just go with me. If I get something wrong, you can tell me later and I'll, I'll entertain you for that minute. But the, so, but it was, the, it was the culmination of these 22 movies that had happened over about 11 years and, and technically they're the 23rd movie, which is Spider-Man Far From Home, would have kind of ended this phase is what they called them. There's three phases of these movies. 
But it all wrapped up, uh, it wrapped up really, if you kind of think about it, with Endgame. Like this was kind of the culmination of all of these movies that we had seen. And I, I mean, like I think it was kind of thinking back over those years since they, since the first one came out with the Iron Man, Iron Man first came out. And I'm pretty sure that Rebecca and I saw most of them minus Ant-Man and Wasp person and ant person, whatever that one, those two. I don't think we saw those in the theater. But pretty well, I think we saw most of these. And if we did, then the runtime on all of those is about 49 hours in the theater that my wife sat next to me. She loves them. So like, it wasn't like I was dragging. She wants to, like, I, God blessed me with a, uh, an incredible wife in many ways. This is one ways, one of those ways that she really likes to go see action movies, not rom-coms. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> but that, that was, you know, kind of thinking about us, 49 hours. And so obviously there's two that we didn't go see. So not quite two days, but that's a long time. It's a long time. And then the rabbit hole continued because I... It just couldn't stop there. So I started figuring, like, okay, so what did that cost us? Yeah, I like torture. So it was, so if, if a handful of these 23, 22, 23 movies we brought our kids to, so don't judge me about that. But so after doing the math and the tickets and with just Rebecca and I and then the kids and then popcorn and drinks and all the other things that I got suckered into, Ultimately, what I figured out is that two of our three kids can't go to college um, because we spent that on Marvel. And it may have been a good education for them. I I don't know. We'll see. It may have worked out for them just as well. But but you think about just the back to the the subject here, this watching Endgame in the theater was 11 years of these incredible characters and this incredible action, things that we had just never seen on, on the big screen. It was 11 years of me trying to block Rebecca from seeing Chris Hemsworth with no shirt on because that's, uh, she, I mean, you can't unsee it, right? The, um, but really, when this one came out, there was, I anticipated kind of the wrap-up to what happened in Infinity War, right? The conclusion of this saga of what had happened over these, these 22 movies where at the end of Infinity War, and if, like, I'm going to give away some things, so if you haven't seen it and you need to leave, like, you, you, I'm going to give you away. So half the population is gone because this bad guy, Thanos, right, he snaps his fingers and, and half the population is gone. And as you come back to this, come back to Endgames, one of, IMDb, one of this movie critique place and where I go to find out who's in this show or whatever, it says this, this is the description of the movie. It says, after the devastating effects or devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. And with the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to reverse Thanos' actions and restore balance to the universe. And throughout the movie, what we see is this story borrowing these themes or this, this movie borrowing these themes from this grand story of Scripture. We see the, the, whether they meant to or not, they borrow these, these, these parallels and these themes from, from what God writes in, as the author of the universe. And, and so for the rest of the time, there's a couple of them that I want to point out, right? And, and really kind of focusing on the po- point or the purpose of the church and evangelism. And the first one is this. It says that it, if you're filling this out, that there will be an end. For everyone and for everything. There will be an end for everyone 
and for everything. I mean, think about this. One of the things that I do love about movies in general and the Avengers movies specifically is how much these characters can take and not die. I mean, think about it. Like most of us would have been done, especially like I would have been tapped out for sure. I'd have been like, I'm, I'm done facing or like going into battle where I get destroyed like this. But like most people would have perished already, but they're still alive. They're still working, right? They're still making it happen. I, I'm pretty sure like there was a time uh, when my kids were younger that I walked through the living room and stepped on a lone Lego. And I thought it was the end of my life. And so I don't know how you can do all of these, what these guys do. But, but just if you think about it, with, with the snap of his fingers, Thanos indiscriminately wipes half the world's population off the earth. And there's nothing, if nothing else, what we can face as we, look at this, as we look at this movie is we have to face the reality of our own mortality. That there is an end, that we're, we face the fact that no matter how much we think that we can avoid it, that, that there is an end for, uh, for all of us, that death is batting 100%. If we, have, if we have lots of money, if we have lots of resources, if we have secrets that, that are getting us around living a couple days extra than what we think, the reality is that all of us are going to die. We have to face our mortality. And there's, if, if nothing else, as you watch this show and, and half the world's population is taken off the earth in one moment, we all have to realize that we all are going to die at some point. It maybe doesn't look like this, Hopefully, I mean, that would freak me out if y'all just kind of started floating away in powder. But we're all going to die. And so no matter what, we have to face that mortality. Scripture is clear about it. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Until, until you return to the ground, since, you were, since that is where you were taken from, for dust you are and dust you will return. And he doesn't say, one day I think this is what's going to happen. God says, this is what's going to happen to all of us. You were created out of dust, and to dust you're going to go back to. All of us are going to experience what half the world's population did in this movie. All of us are going to experience death. We can't escape it. The ones that were left on the earth, they're still going to experience it in this movie. And in all of our lives, none of us escape it. Ecclesiastes, what, what an incredible picture of this. It says, uh, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. Job says this, a person's days are determined. You have decreed a num the number of his months. and He has set his limits. He cannot exceed. And so there is an end, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not. And I know if like there was a point in my life when I didn't think that was the case, but I like the older I get, the reality is like I feel it. I feel that. I feel that reality of, of there is an end to this physical body. And it is in for everyone and for everything. And then secondly, I, I, before I get there, I'm going to make this promise. I'm going to try my best not to be this cheesy every week in the outline. But it just fits so well. And so I did it. And so just forgive me. Uh, just please forgive me. So the first is there, is there is an end for everyone and everything. And this is not a game. You see it, the end game. It's, I know it's cheesy. I know it's bad. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? So... It, 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 this is not a game. The stakes are too high and the deadline is unknown. The stakes are too high and the deadline is unknown. 
There was a handful of videos last week or um, kind of things that showed up. What are those stories or uh, on Instagram? Is that a story? Reels, that's the thing. Showed up last week uh, as the losing teams in the NFL playoffs as they lost their games. There was a handful of these reels that kind of got passed around and kind of took some viral whatever of of, um, people having intense emotions when their teams lost. It seemed like the Cowboy fans were the ones that were the most intense in their emotions uh, because it caught a couple of those individuals like literally taking their TVs outside and throwing them in their yard, uh, throwing them off of balconies or throwing things at them. Now, if that was one of y'all, I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't see your faces. I'm not calling anybody out in this moment. But it was like there was just this intense emotion that happened. And, and you, I'm watching them and I'm thinking, dude, it was just a game. Now, it wasn't my team that lost. I get it. But it was just a game. And, and, it, and it is kind of shocking for all of us that weren't in the moment, right? It wasn't our Dallas Cowboys. If it was your Dallas Cowboys, I'm really sorry. But if, if as you're watching, you're like, it really was just a game. And those guys went home and they were not throwing their TVs out, but it was just a game. And I know that this is just a movie, but the themes that it borrows and the parallels that we can see to the great, great story in Scripture is anything but a game. And let me explain that. And this is what I mean. If we take God's word seriously, then we have to see that something much worse happened in Genesis chapter 3. If we take God's word seriously, if we believe what God's word says, and we have to believe that what happens in Genesis chapter 3 is much worse than a fictional bad guy snapping his fingers and half the world population disappearing. Romans 5 says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And see, what this says is that sin entered, sin entered God's creation and with it was death. Now, this is somewhat of our mortality, but I'm going to get to why this is so significant in just a second. But, but so sin entered because, or death entered because of sin. And, and what, what Scripture is telling us is that this was not originally God's design. Which is a part of the reason why we have this longing inside of us for something more. Because we know that this can't be it. The way that it is can't be it. And this is not a part of God's design for humanity. He designed for us to live in perfect unity with him. In perfect relationship with him for all of eternity. But what happens when sin, when Adam rebelled against God, when this man from the dust rebels against the creator of all things, is that sin enters the world and death results of that. And there's a fracture in everything everywhere. And we see it not only in death, but we see it when we get that call that, there's, that we have cancer diagnosis. We see it in, in the corruption at every level of politics and business. We see it in greed and selfishness that's within us and that's around us. We see it in all of these things when we lose someone that we love dearly. We see what happens as a result of sin entering the world and death being a result of it. You see, listen... In this movie, Thanos snaps his fingers and 50% of the world goes, but sin has a perfect 100. That yes, we're all, we're all experience death, but even more, sin sits in the heart of every human, every man and woman and child. That it's, sin it leaves no stone unturned. It leaves no cell untouched. That there's no one in this room that has not felt the effects externally of sin or felt effects internally of sin. 
and what that means for us. That sin ushered in in this, what sin ushered in for us is heavy, heavy and inescapable reality that while physically will end, there'll be an end for our physical body that, they, that what hangs in the balance is eternity. Because God created us for eternity. And sin destroyed that. This body goes back to the dust. But we, according to Scripture, will continue for eternity. And what sin does is separates us from God. And it's far bigger than, it, 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 it is certainly not a game. Because what it means is that there are those who, if we're, if we're understanding correctly, right, if we get what, what happens in the movie and we just take that to what happens on a daily basis, the number of people that perish off the face of the earth on a daily basis, that a large majority of those people leave the earth physically, their bodies are gone, but eternally they spend the rest of, the rest of time and eternity separated from God in a place what the Bible calls is hell. And that's not a game. We don't like talking about it. It's become sort of taboo. And a lot of mainstream churches, they just, they avoid the subject. But the reality is if we don't know the repercussions of what's going on, then we can never know what we're, what we, why we come to Christ, what we're escaping. And ultimately what we get when we put our faith in Jesus and what God designed us for. It's not a subject that we like to talk about. But, but, and, and ultimately that, that not talking about it is more the enemy's cleverness than anything else. There's a real, a real heaven and a real hell, a real devil that desires for, to kill, steal, and destroy and ruin our lives. And a subject that we don't talk about is, is something that we certainly need to talk about. It's a reality. And Jesus addresses the subject over and over again in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And most of what we really know about this place, about hell, that is a, a place that spent eternity away from God as, as our physical bodies go away. But we spend eternity either with, with him in a place called heaven or without him in a place called hell. Jesus tells us most of what we know about it. And these are some of the ways that he describes it. He says that it's a fiery furnace. In Matthew chapter 13, he says it's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that gnashing of teeth, listen, it means unending extreme anguish and misery and suffering and utter despair. He calls it an outer darkness. It says it's a place where the worms never die. It's a place of eternal punishment, of un quenchable fire. And again, much of what we know is, is, is what Jesus tells us. And he, he talks, he uses the word fire to describe hell more than 20 times in the New Testament when he describes it. And, and listen, I, I, what, I, what I want you to hear, while I'm sure that you could confuse this, what I, I don't want you to hear or I don't want you to, to confuse is, is Jesus in telling us those things in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. It's his mercy and grace and love because he longs for you and I and for all of humanity not to experience that eternity separated from him. He's not telling us to scare us. He's telling us to say, hey, I want you to experience life with me. And there is a way for that to happen. But if you don't, if you choose not to, here's what happens. 
And it's the default position. Listen, because of what happened, because sin entered the earth and because it entered through one man, it it spread to all men and women everywhere. It's not something that happens. It's not just a... It's not just brief and, un- and popular in, in what we talk about. It is, it is the, what we've earned because of our sin. That if you just do nothing, if you think this is all a joke and just kind of whatever to you, I'm, I'll just keep living life, that seems a little like hocus pocus and scary movies and whatnot. I don't believe in all that stuff. That's fine. I'm just telling you that Scripture says that for the wages of sin is death. And the wages of sin in Romans that he talks about there is not death physically. It's death spiritually. It's an eternal death separated from God for all of time. And if we don't realize this, if we don't realize that it's not a game, then we'll go on playing around with life and we will not understand the seriousness of what God has offered to us through his son, Jesus. It brings us to the third thing that I think we pull from this passage or from this movie that we can that we can pull into as a biblical theme for our lives and that our response must be whatever it takes that the response must be for us it must be whatever it takes because Jesus modeled it and he left it with us he left the mission with us let me say that the right way Jesus modeled it for us and left us with the mission During the trailer, the whatever, I think that's called something else besides the trailer, what we just watched. It says that there's a, there's a spot where uh, Black Widow, she says the words um, that we owe this to everyone who's not in the room to try. And then there's the refrain throughout the trailer at, as that after she says that, that, that we will, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Is whatever it takes. I mean, can you imagine just for a second, just kind of go, go with me on this. Imagine you're, you're hanging out at your house and people just disappear. Friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, they just vanish into thin air. I mean, there's something that you cannot unsee. There's something that you can't just get over the next day. Be like, well, that was odd. Let's just, can we go get McDonald's now? Like, just go down. Let's go watch a movie. That sounds like a good idea. You can't just, you can't just get over that. And if you knew that if, that whatever happens in that moment, if you knew that you, that there was something that you could do to bring those people back that vanished out of, wouldn't you do whatever it took? I mean, the, the, the drawing on it, we, we think, yes, you should do whatever it takes to return all of those people. But let me ask you this. What if you knew, what if you knew that your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus would die and spend an eternity away from God in a place called hell that's a real place? Wouldn't it be worth saying, I will do whatever it takes to share the truth of the gospel with my neighbor? with my friend at school, with my coworker, with my kids. I'll do whatever it takes, even if it's awkward, I'll do whatever it takes to share the truth of God's word, of the gospel with, with these people because, because they deserve to hear it just like I deserve to hear it. Like they need to hear this because their lives depend on it because yes, physically we're all gonna have an end, but eternally they could spend life with God or life apart from him. And is it worth 
doing whatever it takes to share that truth with them. And you think about it as you watch the movie, Iron Man truly does. He, he offers, he truly lays down his own life to defeat the enemy and to save the world. And, it, and what makes this story about superheroes so compelling and so exciting is that it's a shadow that points to a much truer and bigger story about a real hero. I mean, you think about it, what, what happens in this is that truly Iron Man, right, this, this Tony Stark fella, truly lays down his own life. He makes the decision to give up his life out of love for his people that defeats the enemy and restores the world. Seen that anywhere else? I mean, they, in writing this movie and doing the, what they, they couldn't escape, the biggest piece, the biggest visible, the biggest visible picture of what it means to love someone is sacrificial love and they couldn't do it without pointing to Jesus whether they wanted to or not. Jesus is ultimately the picture of whatever it takes as the one who lays down his life out of love for his creation to reverse the curse of sin and finally defeat the enemy. And he left us with the mission of sharing that good news to doing whatever it takes to sharing with our friends and our family and our neighbors and our community and our coworkers. And it says in Matthew chapter 24, it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world and the testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And we don't have time to, to flesh all of, all of this out, but what Jesus says is that there is an end to this run on this earth before a new heaven and a new earth. And I can't remember if it's, I think it's maybe towards the end of this year, we're gonna do a whole a series on heaven, which I'm really excited about. And, and just kind of talking about where, what, what we know from scripture about this place that God has said that he's going to bring us to, his fa the father's house where, where he's gonna bring us. But the, this reality here for us of there is an end on this earth but it doesn't come before we carry the mission of sharing the gospel to every tribe and tongue and nations. So it's evangelism, not only in our neighborhood, but to the ends of the earth. And we share, and, and when we carry the gospel to, to every nation, to all nations, then the end will come. And we'll be with God for eternity, which really is the most exciting, even though we understand it so little, what it means to be with him for eternity. So there will be an end, and this is not a game. There, our response must be whatever it takes. And there's a couple more things that, that, uh, that are not kind of this big picture of evangelism, but I think they kind of connect. And uh, there's an image from Endgame. I can't remember at what point, like what minutes this is in the movie, but this is like they're going to fight, right? This is like the we're going to fight moment in the movie. And, um, and here's a couple of things that just as we just think about this movie and, and some of the things that I think are biblical truths that, I, that we can't miss. These are the last couple of things on your, on your uh, outline there. It's the truths that we can't miss. That we play an essential role. I mean, if you think about it, you kind of, oh, the picture's not there anymore. So we play in central roles. That, that's fine. Just leave, just leave there because they want to, they got to get the, 
their notes. So uh, I don't want to get stabbed for that part. So um, you play an essential role. If you think about these individuals, all of these different characters that are in this movie, they li- literally none of them belong together except for the purpose that they're there for. Right? They all come from different backgrounds. They come from different socioeconomic places. I mean, like the story, they're stories, right? But they come from different planets. They come from different countries. They come from all kinds of different places. They have no reason to be in the same place except for they have this mission together. And the reality is that's such a beautiful picture of the church. That we come from different political backgrounds and economic backgrounds. We come from different places. Some of y'all from California, some of you from south, and some of you from the north, and it's all over the place. There's no reason for a group of people to be in the room like this together except for Jesus. And in that, we all have a role to play in what God's called us to. We all have a role to play. We all have gifts and talents and abilities that he wants to use for his glory and for the gospel to be carried to the ends of the earth. We all have an essential role. We are not immune to struggles. Listen, again, they're about to go into battle and none of them are going to come out unscathed. All of them are going to come out with bumps and bruises. None of us, as we live this life, as we live the life that God's called us to, we're going to run into struggles. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because it is the testing of your faith that develops perseverance. And perseverance must complete its work so that you can be complete. We're going to face him. We're not immune from those struggles. If we think that we're going to go into battle and not get hit, then we, then we probably should just not go into battle. Because you're going to get hit when you go walk into battle. The last one is that you're not alone. You're not alone. That not one of us is alone in the mission that God's called us to. Not one of us is alone and they're going in this battle in that picture. It just reminds me that, man, we have, an, we have brothers and sisters that we lock arms with. And I'm gonna, there's a couple of y'all that I'm, y'all are Hulk. There's a couple of Ant-Man. I'm just going to be like, there's just Ant-Man here. I'm not going to say who you are, Jason. <clears throat> the, um, <laughs> hey, you, cl- you clowned me earlier. I'm just going to bring it back. I just got to bring it right back. Where's he at? He called me Ant-Man earlier, so I just had to do it. I told him I was either going to come out as Iron Man or Thor, and he was like, please don't come out as Thor because I was going to have to come out with my shirt off, and that was going to be ugly. That would have been big Thor, right? But it's good to have people that we can lock arms with. And we're not alone in this journey that we're on, in the battle that we face. And we can't forget that. And, and hopefully as we work through these, these stories over the next several weeks and uh, what we'll, you know, on, on lots of different avenues or lots of different places that we can pull from these, the truths that we see in them. But in other ways, what I hope is that we begin to learn how to see these medias that we watch of, of movies and television shows and see the gospel, see those themes and the, the biblical themes and, and things that they're borrowed from the great story of, of, of our Savior as, he, as, as they can't help but reflect him and the longings that are produced inside of our hearts. I, I'm hopeful that, you'll, um, that, that you are as excited over the next several weeks as I am to keep working through these. Um, I don't know that we'll have clips every week. We, you know, again, it's like been a long time, so uh, if that like throws everybody off, I don't know if we'll do that. But we're, we're, we're excited. And there's some other little things. We don't have popcorn this week, but we will have popcorn as you leave the building. We're not going to bring it in here because I ain't trying to pick up after you. 
But there's some different things that we're going to do over the next several weeks just to have a good time and enjoy it and, and really see, uh, just come around um, some of these things and, and hopefully learn how to see uh, God in all the places that we uh, see, see the gospel in all these places that we find ourselves on a, on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. So let me pray for us and then invite the ushers to come up uh, and we'll, we'll um, receive our offering and have a, just a couple things I want to make sure that we're aware of before we exit this morning. Lord, we thank you for today. And I thank you that, God, whether we um, mean to or not, whether it's intentional or unintentional, that, that all things reflect your glory. And this longing that you've placed in our hearts, that eternity is in our hearts. And there's a longing that you've placed in our hearts that can only be satisfied with you. But as we, as we take in these different things in, in, our, in our world, the art that we see in, 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 in movies and television shows, and as we look around in, in our culture and the stories that we hear from friends, and God, they all tell us that there's a longing in our hearts for something more. And I pray that we would be able to see those and step into them, to be reminded of your grace and mercy to satisfy our hearts to rejoice in those things, but also to share that good news, that the longings that, we, that are unearthed when we see these movies or see these, the TV shows that we watch, the longings that are just unearthed in our hearts from time to time that we can point to them and say that longing finds its satisfaction in Jesus and Jesus alone. So we love you and we thank you that you loved us first, you love us best, you love us always. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with movie lovers, friends, and family in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.